Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Everything is Tragic with Hilary Starr. I am your host, Hilary Starr. Welcome back everybody. Um, So last week I didn't post an episode because I've just been going through it mentally, physically. My health has never been this bad before, so you know, great way to start the year. Um, I... I've just been going through it with my health. If you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I had a UTI. I had a MRSA flare-up, which if you don't know what MRSA is, it's a bacterial infection that manifests, trigger warning to anyone who's sensitive to stuff like this, um, it's giant boils that like manifest on, on your body, anywhere on your body. And um, they're super painful. They barely go away. Um, They're very resistant to antibiotics. So, you know, they're fighters. Um, And they can get infected and kill you. But luckily, by the grace of God, they fully went away. And then right after that, I went to the emergency room two days ago because one of my cysts um, got... I don't even know what, like, got irritated and decided to send me into a full collapse. So, but we are here. We are ready to start this episode. Um, I am on a health journey. Um, I kind of want to do an episode of uh, where I am with my health. Um, I've actually lost weight. I went to go get a physical done um, maybe two weeks ago or, yeah, like two and a half weeks ago, and I saw that actually lost about six pounds and I was like okay like work but I you know I didn't really do anything different well I did I changed my eating habits to a completely different extreme like I completely gave up eating uh junk food but you know um I sometimes crave it from time to time but I don't eat it as frequently uh I've been switching to very organic shit like I'm I'm drinking matcha, uh, lat- is this a tea or a latte? I-, I don't know, but I'm drinking matcha tea as we speak. Um, I used to hate this shit, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, I love having my matcha in the morning. I'm so superficial. But, you know, I, and I'm, I'm someone that suffers with PCOS, um, so getting my period is like nowhere to be found until November because I was eating so much salad and like fruits and stuff I was eating a lot better I was able to get my period without using any medication and back then that's how I used to get my period but I was able to get it in November and I was like you know what I'm gonna start just eating healthier because look at how I'm able to kind of regulate my hormones um and then now I'm experiencing symptoms of getting my period but I just haven't I haven't gotten my period yet I've just been getting a lot of cyst pains which are very brutal apparently they feel like contractions more reasons to not have kids but yeah so um that's about it with the update of my life um I mean make sure you're following me on social medias to stay updated on my very exciting life um i'm not gonna lie i've lost a lot of love for posting on tiktok i feel like a lot of creators feel that way too i've been talking to a few friends of mine who are creators and they're just like it's just not the same anymore they the love for posting content on tiktok has just very violently diminished and i feel like that kind of happened to me but i still like i'll still find ideas for videos and i'll be like "Ooh, i would sorry let me just adjust the pillow for my dog my dogs are so big that they barely fit on the couch if i have pillows on the couch so i have to fix them when they lay down because then they're like halfway hanging off but um yeah i don't know like i'm it tiktok just isn't the same for me like how it used to be um i'm not i'm not feeling that excitement like how i used to feel but I am trying to kind of get back on it. I'm changing my content up a lot. I started doing uh, night routines. I started doing videos that I truly like love watching myself on TikTok, but this time I'm doing them. So, you know, with a little bit of, you know, just consistency, I think I'll get better. So we're going to get into today's episode, but first... 
take a sip of your favorite drink of your favorite beverage this is my matcha green tea so today we are going to talk about a lot of things we're, we're going to talk about a few things um this is kind of a continuation of last episode with <laughs> this is a continuation of last episode with uh talking about influencer marketing and how things have changed throughout the years um and it's kind of a continuation because there have been some developments in the industry um in the beauty industry if you know you know we're gonna talk about it and i have opinions about this um and we're also gonna talk about how my shopping habits have changed and how shopping habits have changed for other people like things that i've seen like on tiktok on social media um and also this trend of de-influencing and how it's now becoming trendy to not buy everything that influencers recommend or like the viral products on tiktok that appear every week um you know because it's like people are noticing like i, I just can't keep up with all this trendy bullshit like i just can't keep up with buying everything that gets recommended everything that is overhyped and it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't be easily influenced to buy all this shit so i'm so happy that i've been seeing the de-influenced um trend going on because it's it's a lifesaver so here is my synopsis it's a pretty broad idea of of the episode so i said with the rise of social media and influencers people find more reasons to spend money on things they don't need so i kind of wanted to start with like why i wanted to make this episode <clears throat> and then kind of move on with like how i used to be when i used to go shopping and how i am now and a lot of it has to do with pre and post pandemic i feel like everybody's shopping habits have changed before and after the pandemic especially after the pandemic because shit hit the fan real quick and it made everybody realize like our lives could change in a blink of an eye where everything gets shut down in front of us like and we're left with nothing but the essentials and so i feel like that kind of sent everybody into like a state of panic almost it sent me into a state of panic definitely and every time the sun goes away i just look more and more pale i feel like i'm blending into my walls um but the pandemic sent everybody into a spiral into survival mode and that's exactly what it did to me like i I do still okay I'm I'm not gonna jump into because I don't want to like move around too much because if I really did this podcast without at least taking notes for specific topics well, I wanted to make this episode because I have noticed a shift in um how people shop nowadays before um with social media like and and just overall like shopping used to be more of a careless thing like yeah we had the 2008 housing crisis where people became tight with their money but you know they we didn't have social media like that we didn't have that that influencer culture where people kind of show us what they buy and then it like subconsciously influences us to make these impulsive shopping decisions you know back then we had paid programming when you woke up at three in the morning instead of george lopez it was uh qvc it was a woman selling you like a, a back massage um and you have to call a number and order it i know it's still a thing I'm pretty sure it is right um and so the way that companies advertise to us has completely changed where before it was kind of easy to avoid because all you had to do was turn off the tv and it was like a few ba banner ads on a few websites on the internet now and billboards and movies but now it's movies television it's it's more in your face and now it's social media where like you cannot scroll on instagram without seeing at least two ads every other post which is <clears throat> very exciting um so you know my background for those of you that don't know 
I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing and one of my favorite topics is consumer behavior and uh, consumerism. So, you know, consumerism is kind of like the study of of people's shopping habits and the belief that it's like a theory that um, people believe that spending money is good for the economy. Like that TikTok sound uh, with Marge System. With Marge Simpson. With Marge System. Uh, where she was like, it'll be good for the economy. You know? It's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to not cut as much because it's frustrating. So I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Understand this is why I do a lot of cuts because I tend to stumble over my words. And sometimes I just can't keep recording. I just have to stop and, you know, collect myself. But, um,. So yeah, so with me graduating and me loving marketing and advertising so much, I found such a love for looking at consumerism and what makes people want to buy something. What is it about the Stanley Cups on TikTok that just make people go bonkers? It's a thermos. There are millions of thermoses out there for sale realistically like thousands but there are so many thermoses out there for sale what makes the stanley thermos so goddamn special and it, a lot of things have to do with the appeal of sorry a lot of things have to do with the appeal of how it's advertised to us how how it's marketed to us and how you know the product and the brand and how they present themselves and a lot of people also have turned to the ethical side of brands like now people don't even just look at the products they look at the brand a lot of people don't um you know a lot of people used to be pretty oblivious to a lot of things when it came to food housewares cookware um skincare makeup technology before people would just buy things like not even think about think about it but now people not only buy things but they look into the company they look into what toxic chemicals are they putting into this shit now and that's something that i've been seeing so much in today's world with you know tiktok especially like tiktok is like besides twitter it's like such fast-paced news where you see everything that's happening that wouldn't really be shown in mainstream news, which is why the government wants to get rid of TikTok because they just want to get rid of the truth. I said what I said. Um, so with that being said, you know, back then we didn't have that big source of advertising. We, we it was, it was like the mainstream stuff, like the billboards, commercials, even music videos, movies. Now with the rise of uh, social media and including tiktok we have seen like an acceleration of trends do you guys remember like especially if you were in the beauty community do you guys remember when makeup would trend for weeks on end like i'm talking like the anastasia beverly hills uh, glow kits those glow kits would trend for months okay people were talking about it for months jacqueline hill champagne pop that would trend for so long and Instagram was a thing. This was the rise of beauty influencers. So this shit was all over the place. But with the rise of TikTok, I feel like there's been kind of an acceleration of trends. Like things are no longer trending for three or four weeks or even like a month or two. They're now trending for a week if anything, two weeks at max. And I feel like people with the de-influencing trend, I feel like people are kind of waking up to the idea of, at the end of the day, like this is all just marketing. This is all just influencing you to buy stuff. And it's like, I would rather spend my money on something that I know I enjoy and not have to buy many different versions of it. So a lot of de-influencing videos that I've been seeing have been makeup and skincare because it's it's like products where like you can have a variety of a lot of it. You know, you can have a lot of different foundations. You can have a lot of different face cleansers and toners. But people have also found a way to have a lot of different versions 
of the Starbucks cups. Have you guys seen these videos of the Starbucks cups collections? It is insane. Um, those and also like collections of handbags and stuff. So I feel like all of that falls under the umbrella of overconsumption and, and consumerism. And it's like, why do we behave like that? Why? What is it about a brand? What is it about a product that drives us to that, you know, that that violent feeling of I must have it because it just it appeals to me so much, even though you don't need it and you know you don't need it. Um, and I'm speaking from personal experience. There's a lot of times where my old self will emerge and I'm like, I don't need this, but this is so fucking cute. Like it fits my aesthetic. Like I know I need, like I know I want it, but I know I don't need it. Um, so, you know, why, why do we spend so much money on shit that we don't need? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that for a lot of us, shopping is a form of therapy. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I, especially when I shop online and I place an order on something and I get that email notification that it shipped, it sends a bunch of endorphins and, and pleasing nerves down my body. And then especially when I get that notification that it delivered and I get the box and I open it and it's in the perfect packaging and I open that new skims underwear that I ordered and I just can't wait to try it on there's a feeling there's like a rush of dopamine that like just overcomes you when you order something online so there there, there's a psychology behind it and you know a lot of it could stem from you know depression like if you are someone that's depressed some people turn to shopping some people call it therapeutic because it's it's something that just like brings them joy like buying new things the excitement of wearing that new sweater or trying out that new body wash like i feel it every time i go shopping and i find something new and i want to try it like it's it's something that still gets me excited so yeah i see shopping as a form of therapy too um some people also there's also the spectrum of you know some people just have a lack of control some people cannot control their impulses when they see something new where whenever an influencer recommends something they have to have it no matter what and it's like they always give the excuse of you know i, I could just return it if i don't like it but it's like that's not a it's not a good thing you know it's it's not a good thing we should be only buying things that we need but you know in this world in this economy in this state that we're in in this country and in this world we need something to help us just feel good and sometimes it's okay to buy ourselves that fucking duvet cover that just feels like like a pillow you know and and sometimes it's okay to spend a little a little bit of money on that pillow that is really gonna make us feel like we're sleeping on a goddamn cloud <clears throat> so you know in in my point of point of view i don't see shopping for things that you don't need as an issue it becomes an issue when you're in so much debt but you cannot seem to stop yourself from shopping so much um and i feel like also companies have found a way to make our lives so much easier when it comes to shopping they have found ways to make shopping so simple for us that it incentivizes us even more to shop more. Amazon Prime Day, um, not even just Prime Day, but Amazon Prime. I have Amazon Prime. There's nothing, and, and this country especially, it's become a country of just pure convenience, pure um, instant gratification. Like we have become a society of like, it's become toxic at this point where we need to have something immediately. Like we can't wait for it. Like. And unfortunately, I've become affected by it too because sometimes I'll order something from Amazon and it says it's one day delivery and that shit gets delayed. Bitch, I'm gonna go down to the nearest Amazon warehouse and I'm gonna start breaking shit <laughs> because how dare you. But it's, it's something that, you know, we have gotten so used to. It's like we've been coddled. We've been coddled by these big corporations to like make us feel so like 
instantly gratified with the, you know, the the prime uh, the one day deliveries. Target recently introduced um, the drive up services and Walmart and all these other like big box uh, stores where like they the, the workers do the shopping for you and you just pull up there's a designated parking spot right next to the handicap so you're right in front of the store they bring out whatever you wanted to get and that's it um what else services like instacart i was using instacart so much during the lockdown and then i became addicted to it i couldn't stop using it and um but what that did to me essentially was make me a hermit like i would not leave my house because you quite literally don't have to leave your house for anything even doctor's appointments you know it's all virtual you can do virtual therapy you can do a virtual doctor's appointment so there has been a rise in inconvenience in ease of of shopping of getting acquiring something that you want because you can quite literally order anything and have it at the tip of your fingers always um oh i also forgot klarna afterpay paypal pay in four like i cannot begin to tell you how addicted i am to using klarna the moment i see that a website uses klarna i'm like they fucking care about the people like me the people like me that don't have the money but it feels like you're saving money when you're paying every two to four weeks like there is some form of savings there you can't tell me there isn't you know and it's it's so funny because like you do it in the moment and you're not thinking about it but then the moment that four weeks go by and that last payment comes through you're just like come on man it's been four weeks you're still gonna fucking demand money like that (laughs) it's been four weeks get over it but i love klarna it's one of the best things to happen zero interest like people um People were saying how bad sites like Klarna is and Afterpay. Um, They're like, you know, it's like having a credit card. Like, don't depend on that. I'm like, bitch, Klarna doesn't have interest, okay? And it's, I'm just splitting up payments pretty much. And the, the key to not, you know, going into a hole with Klarna is really not using it so much and also you not using the other services too much because i've done that before where i've used klarna afterpay paypal and four about twice each time so every week i was getting money taken out and i don't know about you but whenever i shop and i know i'm going to use one of those services i don't spend more than a certain amount i'll spend maybe like two hundred dollars max because I know it's going to be around 50 to $60 around like every other week. So I know I have to prepare myself for stuff like that. And it's just, it's, I love seeing the TikToks of people like talking about it, but the comments are like, and I'm still use it. And it's like, yeah, because it's so convenient. It's so easy. So, you know, companies have definitely made it so easy for us to obtain anything that we want because we have had so many things come up in the past few years, in the past three years, that have made shopping so much more fun and so much more accessible to people that could barely afford groceries right now, okay? Can we talk about the elephant in the room? What the fuck is up with the groceries, okay? Like, I know for me at least, but it's like, I shop at Whole Foods because I'm willing to spend a little more because I'm trying to eat better and I'm trying to eat more organically and unfortunately it's more expensive to eat organically but bitch even at like Target and Walmart I've just noticed like things being so expensive and the stores becoming emptier can we talk about that too because stores have become more empty I have gone to Whole Foods so many times and there have been sections that have been empty for weeks, even months, and even Targets. Like tar- the Target that I usually go to is always fully stocked. Now, there's like certain sections that have been empty for weeks and I'm like, what is going on? And <clears throat> obviously, it's 
there's, there's, there's something happening, but you won't hear it in mainstream media. I feel like the people that have better insights are people that like work in like the shipments, like the shipment departments of these big brands. I feel like they would know what's happening. So if anybody out there works in like the shipment departments of like Targets, Walmarts, Whole Foods, all these brands, what the fuck is happening? And then the egg shortage. But you know, a lot of people say that inflation is due to uh, like environmental factors, like things happening. And that, that could be true. Of course, they blame the president, but like the president almost barely has anything to do with inflation. But a lot of the reason for inflation are these companies, these, these fucking big box stores. They do us dirty, guys. They do us really dirty. Like, you know, Target, they, they see that there's an increase in demand for things such as toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning products, and they will up the price and, you know, blame it on inflation. Like, shit, what can we do about it, you know? And it's like, we, we know it's all bullshit. Like, not everybody is that blind to these tactics that these companies use. Um, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating because it's like, it's like, how am I supposed to save money in this climate? There's, there's a hike in, like, in rents. I feel like not a lot of people, not enough people are talking about it. And I'm surprised that this country hasn't gone into a full-blown war. Like, we have not gone into a full-blown, like, rebellion. Like, we haven't rebelled against the government. And I feel like when that happens, there will be change. But, you know, at the same time, not everybody could afford to just go out and protest. Some people have to work a lot and you know unfortunately a lot of people are just too comfortable to do anything about it but it's it's frustrating it's really frustrating <clears throat> um so now i'm going to go into how my shopping habits have changed pre covid and after covid so you know before covid and i'm talking like not including when i lived with my parents that's like a completely different experience this is me when I first moved out, I cannot begin to tell you how much money I dropped. I mean, there's a lot of factors, you know, first time homeowner, had to get new things. You know, I was I was young and stupid. But at the same time, I feel like there was still no reason for me to spend that much money um, because there was also the freedom. So we have had the freedom of like I had the freedom of spending as much money as I wanted to on anything so when I first moved out bitch I was well first I was trying to assess what kind of style do I want to incorporate in my house when I first moved out it was early 1920s like Victorian I wanted to paint my walls like vomit green I wanted like nothing but 1920s antiques like I had my mind set on that aesthetic like I loved it I still do but not for my house because when I started decorating with stuff that was relatively of that time <clears throat> it looked very old it looked very um antiquated and not in a nice way not in a nice modern way um I used to just buy anything I put my hands on and I would hit myself with a I'll just return it if I don't like it but I'm not a big returner because I hate returning stuff I hate the process of going back to a store to return things so I never did that and then if anything I would give this stuff to my mom or I would throw it out as like a careless motherfucker so the pandemic came along I was by myself Andrew was deployed in the Middle East because he was in the uh in the army and that like I mentioned before, towards the beginning, that immediately sent me into survival mode. I barely had the basic necessities like extra toilet paper, extra paper towels, because I'm one of those people that doesn't like, I don't really shop in bulk, which is why like I kind of want to shop at Costco, but at the same time I don't because I don't like to have too much stuff of anything because I, I like to live my life pretty clutter free. Um, but you know, for me, that doesn't resonate with like makeup and stuff. I can have so much makeup and not give a fuck, but I've, I've changed since then. But yeah, like when it came to necessities, like I did not want to have too much of that stuff. So I was like, what the fuck? So I started bulking on my necessities, like canned food, um, uh, paper towels, toilet paper, 
disinfectant uh, products, detergent, and my dog's food. Um, also, ever since I became a dog mom, I changed my priorities to in actually investing. There's a really cute bird on the tree, and I wish I had food to give. Oh my god, I need to buy bird food. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a, um, yeah. When I first got my dogs, I immediately turned into a dog mom. Okay. Where like I did heavy research on food and nutrition and you know what can I give them with their food like you know blueberries and and all this carrots and things that I can mix and then looking at high quality foods for them and you know the the body washes and the the, the body washes the shampoos and stuff so that was an added expense to uh, moving out with Andrew and I have two giant bears um one of them is on the couch behind me but that kind of changed my priorities i was like okay i have two children (laughs) so i need to really be good with my money and then we started running out of money like before andrew got deployed um before the pandemic we were like really poor like we were poor poor and it was very terrifying i was like damn like we're not even a few months in and we're already so broke and then he went got deployed and he was making good money while being deployed and that kind of helped a little bit but you know that changed my shopping habits i kind of had a moment where i was like i spent so much stupid money on things i didn't need before the pandemic and now that this is happening <clears throat> i you know i can't i can't shop like how i used to after this so once the pandemic sort of quote-unquote ended like when I mean like when things opened up um I started looking at prices I started comparing prices in stores I'm like oh milk is cheaper at this store compared to that store and you know I'd rather get frozen vegetables at Whole Foods because it's cheaper the bag is bigger compared to Trader Joe's where it's a small bag and it's a little more expensive I started prioritizing minimalism which is something that I used to love looking into like five, six years ago. And then I started applying that to my current lifestyle um, where I don't like having a lot of stuff. I'm not really a maximalist, but there are certain areas where I'm like a maximalist. Like I like having a variety of clothes. I like having a variety of skincare, makeup, but not too much. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like going over the edge with that shit. But so then, you know, my, my aesthetic changed where now I finally figured out how I like my home, like the style, because I was also going through a phase where I was like, I like everything to be made out of wicker. I want all of my furniture to be wicker and rattan and light beige. It was like almost rustic. I hate rustic decor. I'm sorry if you like rustic. Um, I'm not hating on you. It's just, I just hate how it looks so much. And I didn't realize how much I hated it until I started incorporating it into my house and I was like, fuck this shit. Um, so then I started like resonating more with like eighties and pastels. And then, you know, at one point my house was only beige. I only had beige things and then it looked really sad. So then I started incorporating more colors like pinks and blues, but it was, you know, pastels. And then I was like, I kind of like this. Like what? era does this resonate with the 80s 90s even maybe early 2000s and i just started going ham with that so now that's this is like the longest i've gone with like loving an aesthetic um which is like my my 80s postmodern aesthetic um with a hint of modern touches um but you know i i started really and i also started figuring out the type of person i was um i started thrifting more uh i have become a little more confident in my body uh you know i used to really hate my body so i was always finding new styles i was spending a lot of money on new clothes new money on shoes and new money spending money on on new shoes and stuff and then i was like okay that's not really my style my style is 80s 90s early 2000s uh like classic pieces like nothing really crazy Um, so that led me to begin thrifting and 
being a little more sustainable with like the clothes that I buy. I don't shop as frequently. I used to shop a lot at Shein and now I don't. Um, so I, my shopping habits have really changed and I used to order a lot on Amazon, but I don't order as much. But recently I've been finding a lot of cute shit on Amazon. So I've kind of been adding a lot of stuff to my lists, like my wish lists. Um, and, uh, but that's the thing, like I add it to the wish list. I let it sit there for a little bit and then I visit it again. Um, and then I really think about like, do I actually want this? Like, not even do I need it? Obviously we don't need it, but do I want it? Do I actually see myself using this? Um, and I ask myself that even when I go to Target, um, Whole Foods even, like, and like all these, even home goods, like I'll go to stores and before I used to spend $500, $600 on stuff. Now at, at uh, home goods, I never spend more than maybe 250 maybe 300 and like that's like if i find something nice like a rug or like a like a big item obviously it's gonna cost more but i don't I, I just don't shop like how i used to i don't go crazy um like how i used to and i think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and how i went into survival mode and now it's like I need to make sure that I have money saved up. A lot of it also has to do with, you know, my job as a content creator. I don't get paid weekly. I get paid monthly, if anything, bi-monthly. Sometimes th there, there goes a whole month where I don't get paid. So whatever I made from that previous campaign, that money's got to last for a while. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough that whatever I make from a sponsorship, it can last a while. But sometimes not long enough because you know i still want to go out i want to enjoy my my life i want to do things um and sometimes it becomes too much and then i run out of money and then that's where i enter like my panic mode so i think that has a lot to do also with the change in my shopping habits um and so that kind of leads me into the next thing which is the era of de-influencing and i noticed this all like now in 2023, like I've, I've seen a few videos last year here and there, but this year I've been seeing the de-influencing videos left and right. And like I said before, it's predominantly in the skincare and makeup community because that's something like besides like handbags and people collect shoes and, you know, their sneaker heads and like the Starbucks cup girlies. But I feel like makeup and skincare was a beast of its own. Like it built a whole community out of it where you know brand trips came out of influencers came out of i don't think you really see like starbucks cup influencers making youtube videos and getting millions and millions of views and they're doing brand trips like starbucks is taking them on brand trips like makeup and skincare they have completely changed the game when it comes to uh, consumerism and taking advantage of, you know, seeing that people wanted to buy their products, um, and just kind of, uh, uh, just go going back to my point of, um, why people buy things and why people shop for things. I think brands have also perfected aesthetics. Do you guys remember when millennial pink was very trendy? Like, like when Glossier first came out and like when Glossier first became like really popular, um, brands know how to market to their demographics. So, you know, me personally, something that will get me to buy a product that like I eat, I know I don't need, but I want it so bad is if it, if the color is a color that I like, if the logo looks very simple, um, and clean and if the product is like a very interesting shape I love products that are like interesting shapes or if they're curved um, not super boxy like there those are things that like next time you go shopping like if you go to Target or something think about something that you tend to buy and then think about something that you tend to buy but you just found something else that you want to try more because aesthetically it just looks nicer like do you find yourself shopping for something new because you just want to find that nice aesthetically pleasing bottle of shampoo that just looks so beautiful like sometimes i will 
like there is a, a certain scent of body wash that I like, but I will pick the pink one because it looks nicer in my shower caddy compared to the gray one. And I'm talking about the method body washes. Like the the gray one I think is for hydration. One of those is for hydration, but I never buy it because I don't like the color. And I only buy, uh, I used to buy, I don't use method anymore. I only use Frenchie, which is um, Ashley Tisdale's uh, brand. It's one of the best body washes I've ever used. Um, but I used to buy the pink and the blue method body washes because it looked aesthetically pleasing in my shower caddy. The honey pot, the, the vaginal wash, I um, only used to buy the blue one because I liked how it looked. The, like the color blue, I liked how it looked on my shower caddy. Now I buy the orange one and I don't like the color, but I buy it because I like the scent. Um, but I'm able to not look too much into that. So I so that's where my question kind of comes in. Like, are you like that also where you see a product and you will force yourself to get it because it just fits your aesthetic so well? Let me know. Um, so with the trend of de-influencing, I feel like a lot of people have woken up to the fact that, hey, these influencers are going to keep pushing products down our throats and, you know, I, I can choose to buy it, but at the same time, I don't have to buy it and I don't think I want to buy it. And so I feel like a lot of us have woken up to the beast that is consumerism and, we're more conscious about what we buy. We look more at the brands. We look more at the ethics of a brand and the ethics of the ingredients. And, you know, what am I actually buying? Who am I buying? You know, I could tell you right now that if Kim Kardashian came out with a skincare brand back in 2015, more people would have been on it. I feel like now, because in 2023, not only have there been so many celebrity skincare brands and so many skincare brands, period, but I feel like people have become less and less influenced by celebrities. I feel like celebrities have lost their grasp and their chokehold that they had on, you know, everyday people. There are still people that are obsessed with celebrities and will still buy things that their favorite celebrities come out with because that that's always going to be there. But I feel like that grasp that they had on almost the entire population, it's definitely loosened in the past few years. Um, because people, again, people are waking up to all the bullshit that's going on and we're all realizing like capitalism is just, it's such a toxic thing. We're like, yeah, we have to keep buying stuff to keep the economy flowing smoothly. But at the same time, these companies are hiking up prices specifically to line up their pockets and put us into more debt. You know, everybody says the middle class is the new lower class and it's so true. Like, People can barely keep their heads above water right now and things are expected to get worse financially. So I feel like people are really thinking about like, do I really need to buy that cleanser? Um, and so I feel like with the trend of de-influencing, I feel like that's going to keep coming around and, you know, going back to, you know, what people were so like influenced to buy you remember guys you guys remember hydro flasks when everybody and their mother had a hydro flask um then there was the ug platform boots the ordinary period blood face masks everybody was buying those face masks and the thing with buying skincare and buying certain things is that not everything is going to work for you you see an influencer with poreless skin and you see that they put on that foundation and it looks absolutely flawless on them don't think that it's going to look like that on you and i have had to learn that the hard way because you know i see like an influencer with like clear glass skin put on a foundation and then i buy it and then i put it on myself and i'm like why does it not look like how it looks like on her but it's because she has different skin than i do she has more plump and less textured skin than me so obviously it's going to look different and i feel like that's where people kind of also woke up in that sense where like they're not as influenced anymore because it's like you know that's gonna work for you but i don't think that's gonna work for me and i feel like people also with the rise of tiktok are so quick to look up reviews on a product like if a product is trendy they're gonna go on tiktok and look up 
the ordinary period blood mask reviews and you know everybody was buying it but a lot of people were having bad reactions to it but why was that because it wasn't made for their skin and i never bought it i i borrowed it from my sister and i didn't really like it so i never used it um shein hauls you guys remember when uh people were buying thousands of dollars worth of shein and they would come in giant boxes and they would like empty them out on the floor and they would just start unpacking everything that they got like all of that overconsumption is it was hard to watch even like before the de-influencing era came like it was hard for me to sit there and watch them spend all that money on all that stuff knowing that they're not even gonna wear half of the shit for a long period of time because Shein isn't the most sustainable like the clothes aren't the best of quality like everything that I've bought from Shein I've given either to my sister or to my mom to send to the Dominican Republic uh what else oh yeah the Starbucks cups but also I've been seeing the Stanley cups I've been seeing videos of girls with 10 or 15 of of these Stanley cups these cups are like 50 60 dollars Y'all are buying 10 to 15 cups? For what? You don't need 15 Stanley cups. You don't need 15 tumblers. Uh, tumblers. You don't need 15 thermoses. For what? It's just, oh my God. It, it blows my mind. And like the fact that we're kind of desensitized to that, where we see that and we're like, why would you do that? And then you kind of keep scrolling. But it's like, that's a big problem like that's not normal behavior like to to feel the need to buy so much of something that is so like you really don't need several you know thermoses it's different if it's handbags it's different if it's makeup skincare hair products but a thermos it's almost like mugs too like you don't need that many mugs but me i have maybe like i went through like a mug phase um but I was able to stop myself after, how many mugs do I have? I have like around seven. Um, and I was like, all right, enough, because I'm not going to fill this this cabinet with nothing but mugs. Like, it's stupid. I don't even use all of them. Um, so, you know, we, we have really lost our shit. And these Amazon hauls also, you know, with more Amazon influencers coming about and doing these uh, Amazon hauls, it's become very popular to you know buy a lot of shit on amazon not gonna lie though there's a lot of cute shit on amazon if you really look hard enough there's a lot of cute shit and that's the thing like there's nothing wrong with buying things on amazon there's nothing wrong with with shopping it's the overconsumption, the the massive hauls of things that you probably did not even think twice about buying because you know you don't need it um so so also, like I've been seeing, you know, with the de-influencing, I've been seeing the products not worth the hype videos where people are like, hey, remember this foundation that was super trendy last year? Let me tell you why it sucks. And then everybody in the comments are like, oh my God, I'm so happy you talked about it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I'm happy to see that that's happening. And I feel like TikTok played a huge role in the overconsumption and that kind of uh, escalation of overconsumption and and overspending money on things we don't need because again you're scrolling and a lot of these haul videos and these you know just got this amazon thing and it's like it's very subtle but it leaves a huge impact on people and then they add it to their favorites and then they're like okay like i want to look into this and then they end up buying it so it's tiktok has definitely left definitely left a huge imprint on us when it comes to how much we shop so i feel like it also made us overwhelmed and it made us go like all right enough is enough enough with this like i'm gonna buy this it's gonna go out of style a week from now like what is the point and i'm happy that people are waking up to this shit because it's it's ridiculous um so i'm gonna move on to my final my final uh section uh of this episode which is the Michaela drama and as of now she has not responded to the drama but she did upload a valentine's day makeup tutorial um which again i have my opinions on so 
we're gonna get right into it. Let me just take a little sippy sip of my matcha and we'll get right into the tea. <laughs> For those of you that are not aware, Michaela is a Michaela Noguera. I think that's how you say her last name. She is a TikTok influencer that blew up um, in the beauty space, which was hard to do on TikTok because TikTok is very organic, raw, real. It's a very different type of content. And for beauty influencers to break through that space, it wasn't the easiest to do. Um, like a lot of beauty creators that, you know, were very popular on Instagram and, and YouTube had a hard time kind of trans transitioning into TikTok and kind of building that same community on TikTok, but Michaela was someone that was able to kind of break that barrier and kind of start the beauty community up again on TikTok. She's one of the, the biggest ones. Um, so she has always prided herself on being very transparent, very open about a lot of things, about her depression, about her weight, about, you know, her, her life, um, which, you know, a lot of people loved that about her, which is why I think she blew up. And she was always very honest about products. And she always promoted a lot of indie brands, a lot of indie makeup brands. You know, with fame and, you know, clout, things change. You know, you start to make a little bit of money. You sometimes tend to go a little overboard. You tend to lose yourself for a little bit there. But that's where you have to catch yourself and stop yourself from going off the deep end and turning into a dickhead, you know, like a lot of these influencers have done. Because you have to remember, you can lose all that clout within seconds, okay? We've seen it happen with multiple creators. You're not that special, okay? I'm not that special. Like, I'm here now. I can lose my TikTok within seconds and then what, you know? So you have to always remember to stay humble and grounded and realize that you are not better than anyone, everyone else because of your follower account, because you have clout, because you bought a mansion with your TikTok and your, you know, YouTube money. Like, you're still not the shit, okay? So, Michaela, you know, had her previous issues where people have always speculated that she, like, faked her accent and, you know, um that she uh, was doing the whole complaining with the the try being an influencer. Like, I, I don't understand why people hate her so much. People genuinely hate this girl. And I mean, like, I constantly, even before all this, I've been seeing videos of people going, like, making fun of her looks, of her appearance. And it's like, if she was skinny, nobody would fucking say shit. But that's another, that's another story. There's a lot of fat phobia on social media and people, mm, oh my God, like I wish I can go into like Sam Smith and how so many people uh, just hate on them like like crazy, like crazy. But that's a story for another episode. <clears throat> but so Michaela had her controversies where like she said, you know, try being an influencer for a day. First of all, the person responded to her and told her to get a real job. So she had the right to respond to it. Could she have worded it differently? Yeah, because it sounded like, you know, the regular person would assume that she's speaking in in a way of like talking down to people that aren't content creators and like, you know, try being me for a day. And I don't think that's how she meant it. I think it was like, you know, it's not physically taxing. It's not physically draining. It's mentally draining. And it's a very stressful field because we're banking on your engagement. We're banking on the engagement that you guys give us and the clout that you give us. Because if you don't give us clout and engagement, we're fucked. We're absolutely fucked. So it's a lot of stress and just the, the, need to continually continuously stay relevant it, it gets really toxic but it's not physically draining it, it's not physically demanding you know and i don't think she meant it in the way that like she thinks that she's better than that like but people took that shit and ran with it and 
made it a whole thing and then people hating that like are people hating on her accent saying that she fakes it and then she talks about how you know she used to be on radio and she used to change her accent because she was embarrassed of it and people just go crazy like looking at older videos of her people claiming that she went to school with her and saying like she never spoke like that and it's like oh my god can you focus on something better can you focus on yourself on your own life instead of like just trying to bully someone on social media i don't understand like why people hate on someone so much like i understand why people hate on people in on the internet um i never understand why people go as far to like making compilations and going years back to look at videos photos tweets to like make a compilation video and be like proof that she facetunes her videos and photos it's like Oh, you must have a lot of time on your hands. You pathetic piece of shit. So fast forward to now. She did a, so to update you on what has been happening. Michaela did a campaign with L'Oreal on the new mascara. Several other influencers also did a campaign. And she did a campaign for this new mascara that L'Oreal was releasing. And she, in the beginning, was like, oh my god, this feels like real lashes or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Last scene of the video, you can tell that she's wearing lashes. Because it's like 13 clumps of lashes, and then all of a sudden, in the end, she has like 35. And it's like fluttery on like the end, and it looks like there was no mascara applied to that fluttery addition of her eyelashes and you just know that she was wearing falsies like people went as far as like zooming in and you know taking screenshots and shit um what made it worse for her was the fact that people were saying like you know we see the falsies and she was like no the mascara is just that good why would you say that so people had opinions girl okay and a lot of these opinions like make sense but some of these opinions are like okay what the fuck are you talking about like there's and i feel like it's because a lot of these people that make these opinions aren't in the creator space so like they don't know how contracts work or like ftc guidelines because a lot of this shit would be like very illegal you know so some people say that L'Oreal asked Michaela to put a false lash and not disclose that she had a false lashy, uh, lashes, false lashes in her um, video, which is very illegal. Uh, some people say like, "What's the big deal? Like everybody does this. This was, this is very common in like commercials and stuff." Yeah, that is true, but you will not catch a Maybelline mascara commercial. Um, lying about that like legally you probably can't see it because they put it in very tiny print but in the corner it'll say that like the video was enhanced with you know so and so and like false lashes were added to uh improve the look or something like that like it it will be disclosed um people also said that uh that she did it for clout like she just did that like without L'Oreal knowing and she just did it for clout listen at the end of the day we don't actually know what happened okay all we can do is theorize and 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 kind of come up with our own conclusions but we can't use that as like definite answers and a lot of people are running with these theories and then like just shitting on Michaela as if like their opinion is factual it's like y'all don't know shit so shut the fuck up okay so here's my take Okay, here's my personal opinion. I'm not basing this as factual, okay? Unlike some of these people who who are giving their opinion and they're making it seem like it's a fact. I personally think that she did it thinking that we wouldn't notice. Um, or thinking that, you know, L'Oreal wouldn't notice. I also believe that I don't think that L'Oreal told her to do that. Because if they did... She wouldn't have commented on that one person that uh, told her that she's wearing false lashes and she said, no, the mascara is just that good. She would have told them that she was wearing false lashes. But because she said that, that kind of makes me believe like maybe she wasn't supposed to do that, but she did it anyways. And now she got caught. Um, So this is where I start to kind of like think about it from like a legality standpoint what she did was illegal if she 
you know, if it wasn't in the contract for her to put false lashes, she didn't disclose it. That goes against FTC guidelines and there's hefty fines that are being put on influencers now um, if they don't disclose ads because that was very popular um, and hefty fines on, on creators that tend to do this shit like not disclosing that they're doing paid promotions or you know doing false advertising second of all this is false advertising and that is huge because it's like a lot of people are like it's just mascara like what's the big deal like no it's not just mascara it's dishonest it makes every other creator look bad even me who's not in the beauty space but it people already don't trust creators when they do paid partnerships you think they're gonna trust us now after this bullshit you know no they're not because it's she was someone that was known to be very honest and very she was known as a very credible source in the beauty community and now you know she completely lost everybody's trust she lost a lot of people's trust she still has a good amount of people that still believe her um or like are on her side but you know when you pride yourself on being very honest and transparent and you do something like this and not only you don't respond you lie in the comments but you also don't respond for days guys when i t it's been like what five days or more and she just came out with a video like when i took a little break not that long ago and i saw i went on her tiktok and she uploaded a, a makeup look uh, like a valentine's day makeup look and I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? This looks so bad. And I am not a PR person. You know, I went to school for marketing. I don't know a lot about PR. But if there's one thing I do know is that silence is not the best look on anyone when they go through controversy. Beauty creator, you know, lifestyle creator, fashion creator, any creators, silence is not the best thing. It depends if it's like legally you can't speak on it but it's like even me if i was going through something like this i would have to say at least like listen guys i can't talk about it but understand that you know you will have answers soon because some people say like oh she doesn't owe it to us to give to be honest yeah she fucking does because she's promoting a product that she falsely you know enhanced for the better of the ad and she kind of lied to her followers and this paints a bad photo for beauty creators and then what this does is just starts a whole round of you know beauty um brands not trusting influencers and backing up on doing beauty campaigns and i feel like the beauty community is going to take a huge hit with this um because people are now going to look at you know creators whenever they do sponsorships with like a side eye but i feel like it's different because personally for me i don't do a lot of beauty i partner with neutrogena um and i do sponsorships with them but for the most part i tend to do like food and drink and entertainment i feel like there's more scrutiny and more like people look at creators more when they do a campaign for a skincare product makeup product hair product uh, or like a beauty tool i feel like in the beauty community there's more eyes on like is this person telling the truth because like when it comes to food sorry when it comes to me doing a campaign for food it's very different as if compared to someone doing a campaign for a mascara or a cleanser because it's something that is supposed to enhance something on your face you know the skincare is supposed to do something for your skin the makeup is supposed to do something for your face beautify your face like you know if you add something false to it it just really looks bad whereas if i am making a promotion for like a yogurt brand and you buy it and it tastes like shit okay it tastes like shit but if she does this mascara you know trend if she, she did this mascara uh campaign people buy the mascara they're like it's just like any other mascara it's stupid they just spent 14 bucks on a mascara that doesn't even work as well as she made it seem like it did and what this did is you know other people say you know maybe l'oreal wanted this maybe l'oreal is happy with this because look at how much they've sold out 
their products. But at the same time, that's not good for either party. Don't think that like all clout is good clout. Like this still doesn't look good even if it came out that L'Oreal did tell her to put on a fake lash. Like it's still very dishonest. Um, and a lot of people are saying too, like Ulta employees, I, I saw a TikTok that a lot of people are actually returning the mascara. So it's not like it really benefited a lot of people. It's just, the video just got a lot of views. And people are saying that like Michaela did it for clout. This girl was under already so much scrutiny and people were already waiting for her to mess up again so they can make videos about it. And like what pisses me off is that I've been seeing a rise in people making compilation videos about her body and about her face and being really fat phobic towards her and i'm like all because she lied about mascara we have to go for her looks we have to go after her looks like y'all are on some different level of petty and just bullshit like y'all have nothing better to do like the things that i was seeing like people like take like taking screenshots of her when she was like um doing like a maybelline video with nikki tutorials and they're like she looks different here she looks different here and it's like nobody would say anything if it was a skinny creator if it was a creator that is like naturally like skinny and like doesn't have anything wrong with them like it's nobody would say shit but because it's michaela because she's a bigger girl people always have to look at her and like scrutinize her and be like look at you face tuning look at you doing this like people will come at creators for face tuning but i feel like people attack creators who are bigger for face tuning more than if the creator was skinny and there's there's something wrong with that like y'all are fat phobic as fuck and it's it's disgusting to see it's really disgusting um but like I said, a lot of beauty creators have been responding to this, like Kathleen Lights, Jeffree Star and James Charles thinking that they're making a comeback with their fucking reviews, with their honest reviews. Like, listen, I used to love Jeffree Star. I used to love him. But everything that's come out about him in the past few years, people are blo like pushing it under the rug. Like, they're like, he's still very honest with his makeup reviews. It's like, okay, so you can excuse racist behaviors then fucking weirdo but i i think that this whole situation was exaggerated but at the same time it was needed i feel like beauty creators need to be held accountable when they lie like this but at the same time we shouldn't stoop down to the level of straight up bullying them especially for how they look because that's that's just petty it's unnecessary and there's no need for y'all to do something like that but that's pretty much my take on the whole situation. So that's pretty much going to do it for me on this episode of Everything is Tragic with Hilary Star. I have been your host, Hilary Star. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on all my social media platforms. Um, stay tuned for next week's video. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. I think I might talk about, you know, how I've been managing my anxiety and also like maybe my health journey that I'm currently embarking on. Um... So we'll see what happens. We'll see. But I will see you guys next week. Toodles. <laughs>